A young singer dates a disc jockey who helps her get into the music business, but their relationship becomes complicated as she ascends to superstardom. This is Ryan. And this is Ashley. And this is Ruining Our Childhood. Hi, guys. Hey, how's it going? We're back. I'm waiting. I was going to pause, waiting for them to answer back. Oh, oh, okay. No, it's okay. (laughs) He was doing the Dora the Explorer blinks. Yes. This week, we had a pull of glitter Mm -hmm. and crossroads, and it ended up being tied. Yes. Also, I put it out late mm-hmm. so and we were like ready to record it's friday afternoon and i looked up both the movies and i was like i guess we'll just have to choose and the choice was made for us because crossroads is airheads yep <laughs> it's not our, available it's our 2021 airheads <laughs> not available anywhere yeah we kind of i think we found a youtube that said it was a full movie but it was also an hour and 10 minutes yeah So I didn't trust that. So we made the decision for Glitter, which is not really available very many places either. No. But we'll get into that later. So 2001's Glitter has won the poll, starring Mariah Carey. Shall we go into our fun facts? Yes. Go down memory road? Go down memory road. Mm -hmm. Real quick fact about Glitter. It was released on September 21st of 2001. And my fun fact about 2001 was the release of the iPod. Oh, okay. So the original version of the iPod was released on October 23rd. As of December of 2014, it had sold 390 million copies or units, (laughs) not copies, (laughs) copies. There was seven generations. I'm just talking about the original uh, version of the iPod. The first iPod was only five gigabytes. That's crazy. Yeah. Do they make them still? The iPod Touch is still manufactured. It's the only version of the iPod that is still around. The last version of the classic iPod was released in 2007, and it had 160 gigabytes on it. When did we buy the ones that we... I feel like we bought them right when they started not to be necessary. I still have mine. Yeah. I think that last version, I probably bought you maybe 2008. Okay. They maybe weren't discontinued yet. I feel like it was later than that. I feel like it was like 2012 or something. (laughs) Well, because they might have just had the same version just still to be sold, you know? It does say on here that the last version was discontinued in 2014. Okay. See. So they kept it around a while. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because you can't really improve upon, I guess, the the system. It was very basic. You mm-hmm. know? And we obviously, like you said, we owned quite a few of them. Yes. Loved us our iPods. Yeah. Wholly unnecessary. <laughs> Given the evolution of a cell phone. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very unnecessary. What well, is neat. What is your fun fact? So while I was looking, I saw that a fun fact of 2001 was that the website Neopets was the fourth most trafficked, <laughs> trafficked, trafficked, <laughs> the most trafficked 
uh, fourth most trafficked website on the internet. Okay. Eight spots ahead of the fast-growing search engine named Google. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Neopets, when I was in junior high, mm-hmm. was such an obsession. I remember me and my friends, that's all we would do in keyboarding class. I don't know how we had so much free time or if we were just always slacking off. And I found a BuzzFeed article because I had to like look up some stuff about it to like refresh my memory. It was just a, you know, a pet website, like you had virtual pets and you had to feed them. And then there was all these, it was, there was a world and you could go explore and get food for your pets and you could buy stuff for your house for your pet. And Mm -hmm. it was just like a cash grab in a way, but I never spent money on it really. But what me and my one friend did was we created multiple accounts Mm -hmm. because you could like send gift coins. And I don't think... The coins, like if you gifted coins, they didn't come from you. Mm -hmm. They came from the website. So we would just do that and multiple accounts because of that just to get extra points. That's just a smart workaround. The best part is it's still a website. Okay. It's still doing its thing. Mm -hmm. And I went to the website and said they have a mobile app now. So guess what I'm going to be doing with my life? (laughs) (laughs) When was the last time you probably went to Neopets.com? Uh, probably 2001. <laughs> I think I was more into it in like around 2000 because I want to say I was either an eighth grade or freshman when we were obsessed with it. But yeah, it was only for that brief time. It wasn't years. It's probably like a couple months. I mean, you think about back then, you couldn't go on your phone and go to these websites. Yeah. So you had to be at home or at school to right. do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's kind of probably, I would say a little bit later, maybe 2003 was when I became like, I was always online and stuff. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. yeah, I never owned a Neopet. Oh. None of that. It was fun. I, I could imagine. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> anyway, glitter. Yes. Mariah Carey. Mm-hmm. I got this idea because... I started listening to this podcast called Celebrity uh, Book Club, mm-hmm. and the host and her guests read a celebrity memoir, mostly female celebrity memoirs, mm-hmm. and they did Mariah Carey's book, which came out like last year, and it was juicy. <laughs> uh, it, makes me, it almost makes me want to read it because they didn't get to all the stories, but the one thing I remember them talking about was like glitter and how Mariah Carey's husband didn't want her to do the movie when they were together mm-hmm. and then she decided to and they got divorced i'm pretty i don't think that was the reason they got divorced he was a horrible person yeah and we're talking about tommy matola yeah. not nick cannon yes yeah. uh, i was just thinking nick cannon was a baby yeah yeah case. he would have been on like all that yeah but yeah in her book she kind of implied that he had something to do with poor performance yeah like he sabotaged it which i could see one of the one of the interesting stories was that she said that there was supposed to be a song in the movie and he was the manager of Jennifer Lopez at the time and he gave her the song that she was supposed to get for this movie. Not that I don't know if that would have made a difference mm-hmm. because also you said the date that this movie came out, it was two weeks after 9-11. Yes. And the soundtrack came out on 9-11. Mm-hmm. So obviously that probably didn't help. <laughs> I could imagine, though, if it would have been a big hit song, it might have helped. Mm-hmm. But 
I mean, you pointed out this came out right after 9-11. That was going to affect it. I'm actually surprised that like 9-11 didn't help with the success of this movie because I remember reading that Hardball with Keanu Reeves, which is notably a cheesy movie, mm-hmm. was successful because people were looking for something you yeah. know, that warmed your heart yeah. after. Which I guess this movie, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a heartwarming movie, but... How many times would you say you've seen it? As a child, mm-hmm. or 14, 15, um, four or five times. Because, I, I mean, you were self-admittedly a big fan of Mariah Carey, so yeah, you were going to enjoy it. And I also grew up loving Mariah Carey as well, but I just never saw it. I've talked about it before. Like, I, I love any movies set in, like, the music industry, because there was a point in my life that I was like, I'm going to be a singer. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you're dumb, and you have stupid child dreams, but... <laughs> I'm not bitter about it. No. So I remember liking this movie the first time, and then I remember reading that people hated it, and mm-hmm. it wasn't that good of a movie, and so I would start to like kind of hate-watch it a little bit, but it might not be as bad as we remember. No, and you said the IMDb rating is terrible. Yeah, it's one of the lowest I've ever seen. Which it's is th- crazy, because we've done some shit movies for this podcast. Yeah. M- maybe at the end of the episode, we can actually, like talk about whether it deserves a 2.3 out of 10 rating i'm very curious and maybe i'll look this up and we can talk about it later i would like to see glitter's rating compared to biodome because i would widely (laughs) say biodome was probably the worst movie we've done for this podcast and if it has a worse rating and when we're done i'm going to say whether or not i thought it was worth worse than biodome i'm interested and maybe i will see i will look at some of the reviews on imbd and see what people think or say because i'm thinking like are you voting on this based on who the lead person is because you don't like mariah carey Mm -hmm. or are you voting on it the fact that the movie just wasn't great so i guess we'll see you know Mm -hmm. i feel like glitter has a little bit of a cult following but maybe that's just me. I'm maybe sure I'm the only one in the cult. I was going to say, like, Mariah Carey has a very good-sized fan base. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's, like, Britney Spears level, but she's a very popular artist. Has been for the better part of 30 years. Yeah. It probably has a good cult following. Yeah. But we'll see. Yeah. So, I guess we'll move on to, do you think this movie's going to hold up? I'm going to say no, and I will admit I've never seen it. Right. I said earlier I like Mariah Carey. But I think there's a reason it has the stigma about it. Mm -hmm. I think there would have been a resurgence in popularity of people going, yeah, it's not that bad of a movie. I don't get why everyone hated it. Yeah. I'm purely letting people influence it. And I admit that my decision is influenced. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to say it will hold up because I think the expectations are so low. Yeah. That if it's a watchable movie, Mm -hmm. then... That will exceed the expectations of what I can remember about the movie. <laughs> I'm just hope- hopeful for some good, well, hello there's. I uh, want yeah. some like nice people popping up in this, or maybe some people of the time yes. popping up. Yeah. Or some people before their time Yeah, come coming in and being like, oh, can you believe that person was in this movie? <laughs> yeah. You wanted to ask me a question. I wanted to ask you, where can you stream this? So like I mentioned, you can't rent or buy it anywhere. Not that you would want to. Mm-hmm. It is available exclusively on Cinemax. Yes. So, guess who signed up for a seven-day free trial? Us. Yeah. Yep. So, at least we can watch it. Mm-hmm. You know? 
put Crossroads on? Why is it not on any streaming services? Good. <laughs> so anyway, we'll uh, be right back. We're going to go ahead and hit that. Pausey pause. Pausey pause. I don't know what we're doing here. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye. Okay. And we're back. We just finished watching Glitter. And we're going to go ahead and break down the movie with our categories. Like we always do. And our first category is Well, Hello There. Well, Hello There. Where we talk about any cameos of famous or recognizable actors or actresses that we forgot were in the movie, or in my case, didn't know were in the movie. (laughs) Um, Who did you notice? Well, first off, I did want to mention that... We had to sign up for a seven-day trial on for Cinemax to get this movie. Mm-hmm. And what did we see as an option to watch? Airheads. Air fucking heads. Yes. I did go to like realgood.com, which is the website I use to see what streaming services mm-hmm. all of the movies are on. And now shows Cinemax, mm-hmm. which months ago it didn't. So, yeah. so I don't know how long it's been on there, but... I would imagine it's an, a new ad, but Maybe. it's also, if you guys listened to our Airheads episode and wanted to go watch it, now you can. That's true. So, yeah. So now let's get into, well, hello there. What mm-hmm. was your first one? My first one was the actress Valerie Pettiford. Mm-hmm. She played Lillian Frank, which is uh, Mariah Carey's character's mom. Um, she's a Broadway actress. She was nominated for an, for a Tony. Uh, she was also on the television show Half and Half, which was a sitcom in the early 2000s, and was on an episode of True Blood, because we are doing a little rewatch on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but more recently, she was on the show Black AF with Rashida Jones and Kenya Barris. Okay. Which is the, he's the creator of Blackish. Yeah. It's kind of like a mockumentary of his life. Right. It's pretty funny. Where he's married to Rashida Jones. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, the next character we kind of meet is Billy Frank, played by Mariah Carey. Mm-hmm. And obviously Mariah Carey isn't really known for her acting career, but she has been in a couple of things post this uh, Precious and Lee Daniels the Butler. But she's also one of the more accomplished singers in our world. Yes. Yes. Yeah, she's extremely successful. Correct. The next one that I have is Terrence Howard, which was a bit of a delight for me, because again, not having seen (laughs) this. Uh, He plays the character Timothy Walker. He's a music producer. A lot of people probably know him from Iron Man and Empire, but he was also Academy Award nominated for Hustle and Flow. And more recently, he was in a movie called Cutthroat City. Okay. Uh, my next one is Padma Lakshi. Yeah. Uh, she played a character named Silk, spelled mm-hmm. S-Y-L-K. Mm-hmm. Um, she plays a singer slash Terrence Howard's character's girlfriend, who he's trying to get to be successful as a singer, but she can't sing. Padma's not really known for being an actress. The most Notable thing she's known for is being the host of Top Chef. Yes. And she also has a newer show called Taste the Nation. I think the only other acting credit that I saw where she was playing a character was around this time she did an episode of Star Trek Enterprise. Yeah. Because everything else is just her playing herself. Yes. (laughs) Yes. The next one I have is Debrat, 
who yes. plays Louise, which is one of Billy's backup singers, but they also started out together. They grew up together right. in an orphanage. And DeBrat is obviously a famous rapper from the early 2000s, late 90s, but she's also dabbled in acting. She was on an episode of Empire and more recently an episode of The Chai, which I think is like Chicago. Chicago? Chicago? I don't know I what it so. is. Yeah. I think I yeah. <laughs> Chicago. Chicago. But so the Sha? No, I think it's called the Chai. The Chai. I don't know. If you know what it's called, please let me know. Good times. Um, The next one is Max Beasley. He plays Julian Dice Black. Yes. Is that his last name? Okay. Mm -hmm. Mostly they call him Dice in the movie. Mm -hmm. He plays a DJ slash producer. Yes. So sounds like a winner right off the bat, but he's actually pretty successful in this movie. Mm -hmm. Max Beasley is known for a lot of movies. He's a British actor, but he was in Homeland. Mm-hmm. And I want to say it was a PBS show called Jamestown. I watched the first couple episodes. He was not a good character. Okay. He he, he raped women. Oh. So. So he, he's really not a good guy. <laughs> when I watched the show, I was like, is that the guy from Glitter? <laughs> uh, also, next. he was on Empire. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> I looked it up because I was like... Is there a connection with Glitter and Empire? Because there's a lot of people overlapping. Yeah. I mean, DeBrat makes sense because she's DeBrat. Yeah. And Mike Harry did a guest spot on it, too. Oh, okay. So, and she's, obviously Terrence Howard. As I say, she might be friends with Terrence Howard. I mean, done a movie with him. That's true. The next one I have is Dorian Harewood. He plays Guy Richardson, who's another... He's like a record label executive yes. in this. He's higher up. Yeah. I remember him most from being in Full Metal Jacket, but mm-hmm. he was also in the original Roots miniseries from the 70s, and he was also on uh, 7th Heaven, which was a show I watched when I was growing up. Yeah. Yeah. That He was in a lot of episodes of that. <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing because I meant to put Eric, is it Benet? Mm-hmm. Why do I want to sound fancier when I say it? Bennett. <laughs> um, but I put Aaron. Oh. <laughs> and then I never fixed it. Mm-hmm. He plays Raphael. Again, another person that's not really known for his acting career. No. So I almost feel like there's more singers in this movie than there are actors. I basically know him as Halle Berry's ex-husband. Who fucked it up. Yes, he did. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I know I mean, him he's from. a very good looking man and he's a singer. I, I get it, but... She's Halle Berry. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Did you have anybody else? I have one last one, and you actually pointed her out to me, and that is Kate McNeil. She played a news reporter. We basically know her as Dick and Beaver's mom from Veronica Mars. Yes. But she's also been in Mad Men and Grey's Anatomy, and she still acts. Yeah. Yeah. And she was in a movie we watched her riff tracks of called uh, House on Sorority Row, which was Mm -hmm. this horror movie. And I kept staring at her going like what is this lady from and i was like she's dick and beaver's <laughs> yeah she was in one episode of veronica mars and somehow mm-hmm. i remember it's a very small cast so that's it for yeah. the well hello there so do you want to take a quick break and come back let's do that and we're back <laughs> 
the next category is called Kids Would Call It a Throwback. We call it the prime of our teens, where we talk about fashion, dated references, offensive jokes, and any technology that we notice. Mm-hmm. What about that fashion? There was a lot of good fashion. I was kind of surprised because I did think it would just be Mariah Carey wearing extravagant clothing, right. but it really wasn't. There was a scene, it's right when we see Billy for the first time, the adult version of her, and she's like dancing in a club. Everybody's wearing leopard print. Yeah, I was like, did they coordinate that? Or yes. is it a leopard print party? What's going on? I need more context to this. Yes, because it wasn't just DeBrat and Mariah Carey wearing it. It was the people in the club dancing. Yeah. I don't know, maybe they had a leopard-themed evening. I feel like that scene was a little rushed, and we'll get into it later. But yeah, I definitely noticed that. Mm -hmm. So one thing I forgot about this movie was that it's set in the 80s. I was very unclear on where that was set. And I didn't know if maybe there was a point where they said like 1980s. They do, 1983. Ah. It was literally in that scene. Okay. Because the first couple scenes are showing her traumatic childhood. Mm -hmm. And then... It jumps to her being an adult. Though I don't know what the time frame is. Like, is she... I'm guessing she's in her early 20s because most movies focus on people in their early 20s because that's the only time that ever matters, apparently. <laughs> yes. And I totally forgot because I always... When I was a kid, I always thought this movie was like a very loose depiction of her career growing up. Mm -hmm. And it's not... I mean, there's some similarities, like she has mom issues, but in this one, her mom cares about her. And everything I read about her mom in real life, she sucks. Oh, so okay. I must have missed the part where they said what year it was set in. So I was very, not confused, but I kept going, is this technology that I'm seeing old or new? Yeah. It kind of explained a lot now that you told me that. I will say, I don't feel like the... A majority of the fashion, especially the fashion that she wears, is very 80s. No. Because if you think about some of the more popular things that have come out in the last couple of years, it's like surrounding the 80s. Mm -hmm. And you're clear with the clothing because it's very brightly colored. I think they kind of played it safe with how they dressed Mariah for the yeah. most part. She didn't look like she was walking around in 1983. She looked kind of fashionable for you know 2001 yeah she didn't even have 80s hair yeah. at any point not really no yeah okay that's, that's a good point yeah which is always a gripe for me with movies and i feel like they did this a lot in older movies where they will wear clothes that are kind of like okay that could be 80s but yeah the hair is very modern looking yeah did you have any other fashion yeah i had quite a few pieces there was Mariah Carey at one point is wearing a, like a bicyclist hat <laughs> yeah. with the bill flipped up. But she pulls it off. She did. <laughs> that is a good point. She looked very nice in it. Yeah. My favorite piece was this record executive that approaches her in a club and he's wearing like a silk button down shirt that was very big, but it had CDs all over it. Yeah. I'm like, no way in hell anybody would wear that. I did write a note that said, I think that might be our first fashion slash tech crossover. <laughs> and I guess you could say that CDs were coming out around that time. They're very high tech. Yeah. You know? Yeah, they were. I did like 
the jumpsuit that Silk is wearing to record. It's uh, it was amazing. Yeah, it looked like it was uh, leftover from cats. <laughs> she just didn't wear the mask and makeup for the face. Uh, the other one was when uh, Billy and Dice are leaving an awards show. And there's a reporter outside, like, going, oh, all the people are filing out and going to an after-party show. Honestly, what Billy and Dice were wearing wasn't that odd. It was this guy behind him had, like, a black leather trench coat on and a... It was, like, like sleeveless. Yeah, and, like, a police officer's hat. It was the weirdest combination. I mean, I don't know. It's probably something you would see around that time, I guess. Yeah, yeah. There was a hat that Timothy would always wear, which is... Terrence Howard's character Mm -hmm. in the one scene he's approaching Dice to talk about the fact that they struck a deal and he hasn't fulfilled that deal Um, but he looks like Crocodile Dundee I was like why is he dressing like Crocodile Dundee (laughs) but you know what pulled it off I mean he could pull it off but he did pull it off yeah the other one that I had was Dice was hanging out in his apartment with some I think I think it was Billy Mm mm-hmm and he was just made a cup of coffee, and he goes and sits down. He's wearing black leather pants just to hang out in his apartment. Yeah, that's what people in the music biz do. Uh, like, nobody does that. Did you have any dated references? I am sad to report. I did not. So, we just mentioned that this movie is set in the 80s primarily. I don't feel like they had a lot of references to remind you, which I think some movies do kind of hit you over the head with that. Mm-hmm. But there was one line, and it was, this is the 80s, and everybody wants to dance. And I was just like, nobody probably said that in the 80s. I get that people like to party. There was a lot of coke floating around Mm -hmm. in the 80s. But I don't think anybody was ever, like, meta enough to go, this is the 80s, and everybody wants to dance. I said it to you last weekend. This is 2021. And everybody wants to dance. Well, I mean, I think now because we're so like self-aware, like our society and we're like, yeah, this is 2020. Like I, I use that all the time. I'm like in 2020, like, yeah, but yeah. No. I don't think anybody in the eighties was like, this is eighties. And yeah. we know specifically in the eighties, people like to do Coke and go to dance clubs. No, you were living in the moment. You didn't say the eighties. Yes. No. <laughs> And then other than that, Dice dropped Quincy Jones' name twice. I don't know if it's really a data reference because he's a very legendary person, mm-hmm. but it was just funny that he dropped his name twice. Yes. I was like, really, Dice? Yeah. We get it. You and, know people. And his whole apartment. When I think of 80s, I think of Margot and Todd's yuppie house from Christmas Vacation. But he's not yuppie. He's like part of the, he should be an extra in rent kind of, but he, yet he's really rich though. That's, that's I, f- I guess, the only reason he wouldn't be an extra in rent. Well, I felt like his apartment was, like, 90s industrial. That's true. It wasn't very 80s. I, again, another thing where they're like, well, say it's set in the 80s, but we don't want to alienate our young audience who might go, that's not trendy. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Did you have any offensive jokes? I only had one, which I was kind of surprised, and that was Dice says to Roxanne, who is... Billy and Louise's other friend. friend. He's like, don't mouth off again, roach bag. Yeah. She's Puerto Rican. Yeah. He also called Louise fat in like two seconds before. So he was just going in a spiral of like, let me insult all my girlfriend's friends. Yes. Yes. Let's do this real quick. 
But the, I agree, that was the only one that I had. Yeah, it wasn't a lot. Did you have any technology? There was stuff, but now that I know when it was set, it all made sense. Right. And also, it wasn't a lot of technology-driven, like, you know, oh, look, they're playing Pong. It was just kind of like, hey, there's an old computer in the background and some old TVs. It wasn't, like, hit you over the head with bad technology by any means. I actually feel like the computer was a plot hole because I'm like, were people just readily having, like, personal computers in 1983? Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very good point. I don't think a lot of people had those until early 90s. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It would have been super expensive. Well, he's a rich producer and DJ. I don't really know how he makes his money. And he apparently doesn't pay people back Uh, when he says he's going to. We're going to talk about that in a second. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to move on? Yes. Our next category is called, Is It Even Good? Where we talk about the plot, the plot holes, and the funniest and cringiest moments. What's the plot? So I wrote, this movie, definitely set in New York. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Is about a woman who dances her way into a singing career. <laughs> and I'll explain that in just a second. <laughs> and some guy agrees to pay $100,000 to get you and your friends out of their contract with another producer. And did you even sign a contract to begin with? No. No, you did not. <laughs> so let's go into the plot holes. What was your first one? Well, it was just, to me, the idea that Dice owes Timothy money. Mm-hmm. And Billy had a song that was number one for 10 weeks. But he doesn't have the money to pay Timothy back. Right. And you produced a very successful song. He's not a man of his word, is what I gather from Dice. Yeah. You know? Yeah. A DJ named Dice. Not a good guy. Not the best guy in the world. No. I I did, in my synopsis, I kind of touched on it, but I said, the girls get offered a job to be background singers without Timothy even seeing them perform. And I don't know if we're just supposed to assume that they were performing at that club But I don't think they were. They were just dancing. That's an excellent point. Yeah. If you're making this movie, you could have easily had them perform in that scene. Yeah. And then he offers them a contract. Exactly. It makes much more sense if we would have seen them perform. And then he's like, ooh, we need to get those girls as backup singers for my shitty girlfriend's singing career. Because it wasn't even like there was an implication that it was... Mariah Carey singing because it was Heart of Glass by Blondie. Yeah, it was, no. it was They were strictly dancing, but I, I don't know if we're just supposed to assume that they were singing or maybe just by word of mouth that they know she sings and mm-hmm. that they sing in a group or something. Yeah. But... Yeah, it's that's a good plot hole. Another one that I had was towards the end of the movie, Billy has exploded and she's going to have a sold-out concert. It's sold out in 20 minutes madison square garden but she's still living in this super divey apartment she's had multiple hit songs i'm not saying she has to go live in a mansion but you're not going to live in this super divey apartment anymore yeah i agree going back a little bit to the beginning i found it weird that she's like completely fine with the fact that timothy used her voice for the single for silk Mm -hmm. and that she like agreed to perform as a background singer while Silk is pretending to use her voice. Yeah. Which 
and notably has happened to women mm-hmm. in the music history and, and men. But usually it's because the companies can't, uh, they feel like they can't market them because maybe they're not ideally the person that they're looking for. Yeah. I did like how they called it ghosting. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was like, that's not what ghosting means. <laughs> no. That's a very good point. She was very cool with the idea of like, yeah, that's okay. I'm yeah. fine with it. And you honestly, know. Timothy should have been like, here's a very attractive woman who can sing. It would be a lot easier just to market her. Yeah. And get her. That didn't make sense. No. It wasn't, like you said, Here, here's Mariah Carey. She's beautiful. Yeah. And she can sing. She's not Padma, who's yeah. just beautiful. Did you have any other ones? That was it for me. Oh. Yeah. Did you had watch, more? Did we watch the same movie? <laughs> Hit me with some more. Apparently, I didn't really have anything else other than I wish they would have like had a little bit more of a timeline between when she meets Dice and she starts her career. Mm-hmm. I feel like realistically, that would take a little longer yeah. to accomplish, mm-hmm. but it's a movie. No, yeah. it was very rushed. Yeah. Yeah. I did make a little list of ways to know this is a cliche music industry film. Uh, obligatory having to fire your friends to get famous scene. Mm-hmm. I mean, she didn't necessarily fire her friends, but they were shooting a video and her friends were the background dancers and the director didn't like it, which do video directors have that much say? I know like movie directors have a lot of say, but video directors? No. Shouldn't the artist and producers have more say? Absolutely. And then there was a having to give up your creative freedom to get famous. Mm-hmm. You know, she wrote a really deep song about her mother and not being around in her life. And they were like, we want dance hits because this is the 80s and people want to dance. People want to dance. And then there was uh, having to fire your producer slash DJ boyfriend to get famous. Mm -hmm. And then there was the hearing your song on the radio and freaking out. That was, uh, we're going to talk about that in a minute, a little bit more. That's all I had. Okay. Yeah, no, they definitely touch on all of the cliches. Yeah. yeah. Um, I didn't have a funny slider moment. It's not a funny movie. It's very dramatic. Yeah. There's a scene where it is after Dice and Billy have broken up, and they have one of your great movie montages, and Dice is playing a keyboard, but there's a classical song playing. Yeah. And he is clearly playing something much more on beat. <laughs> he is true. really into it. Like, you know, I'm like. And the, the song that's playing is like just a melancholy. Very sad. Montage. Yeah. Yeah. Very sad classical song. I was like, well, that was an odd choice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I apparently started writing something and all I wrote was win. Oh. I, I don't know. That's going to be a hard one to explain. Oh, I apparently wrote this. Uh, is this. A cliche music industry film and i have way more uh there was two scenes where you were writing very deep songs yes and then there was something tragic happens minutes before she's going to be singing at her dream venue which was only a dream because dice told her that because i feel like she didn't actually have any goals or ambitions in this movie she really didn't things just happened to her yeah <laughs> i mean she lived in new york so i could see it kind of being a dream to play Madison Square Garden, yeah. but just maybe one she didn't vocalize. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I'm not even from New York, and I'd love to play Madison Square Garden. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what was your cringiest liner moment? So you just kind of talked about 
when Dice and Billy hear their song on the radio for the first time. They're in a cab, mm-hmm. and Dice starts yelling at the cab driver to, like, turn up the song, and the cab driver's a little confused by it. So Dice gets out, because they're at, like, a stoplight or whatever, and he climbs in the front and then, you know, turns the volume up. But whoever was doing the post-editing just had the song play at the same volume the whole time and at (laughs) no point did you think it was coming out of a radio right have that little bit of static you know it's playing in a cab in 1983 yeah and then when he gets out you know it's on a little low it's out and blast it yeah Yeah. i'm like what are you doing i was like well that was terribly done (laughs) there was a line and i forgot i was gonna look it up to make sure i heard it correctly but it's when timothy confronts dice i think for the first time when he's just like they're both in the studio Mm -hmm. and he's just like you still haven't paid me for billy's career Mm -hmm. and he's like you're gonna have to reimburse daddy oh no it was when they made the deal in the first place he's like you're gonna have to reimburse daddy and i was like did he really just say you're gonna have to reimburse daddy yeah he's calling himself daddy so i could be incorrect maybe he said something else no, it sounds right. It does sound right. Uh, it was interesting. It was. It's an interesting way to talk about yourself. Don't ever call yourself daddy. <laughs> no. Unless you're going, I'm a dad. E. Yeah. Then a, you can do to it. To a child. Yes. Um, did you have any random thoughts? Because I have some. Oh, I have some as well. The movie starts, like we said, it's in the early 70s. Billy's mom's a singer. But they start doing these odd transitions yes where every scene it quickly fades to a very white screen for a second and then goes to the next scene like it's i get it's supposed to be maybe memories or something yeah that's true they also never indicate that it that's what it is and it was just terribly done and sometimes particularly like the first and second scene it's minutes after the first scene so i can understand a movie using it to show transition of time Mm -hmm. but it was doing it a lot. Yeah. I pointed out that I was like, was this made in PowerPoint? Why is there so many <laughs> weird transitions? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Uh, I also had a gripe with the movie and its constant use of slow-mo. Mm-hmm. I did not know there could be more slow-mo than face-off, but there was. My exact comment was... Who directed this? John Woo? <laughs> the weirdest one is when Dice is going to walk over to Billy and all of a sudden everything around him turns into slow motion and he speed walked. Oh, like when he's handing her the mic? Yeah. It reminded me a little and this sounds horrible, but it reminded me a little. It sounds horrible for me because West Side Story is my favorite movie and there's that moment when like Maria and Tony first see each other at the dance hall. Mm-hmm. And that's obviously a very artfully done scene. I don't know if that's where they were going with this. Because, first of all, they already met. So it wasn't like a first first sight thing. But, yeah, yeah it was just a weird... Very weird choice. Yeah. Yeah. I did like how Dice transitions into this, like, overbearing, protective, douchey guy very quickly. Mm-hmm. Because at first he seems very nice and there's a point where they're filming a video and I I do feel like 
he was in the right when he was like, she's uncomfortable when she's in a bikini. She looks uncomfortable. And he stopped the filming and the director got angry and the producers got angry. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, she looks uncomfortable. Do you really want to... This a is music the, video. Yeah. This is the image you want to portray to people. Right. She's yeah. like scared and yeah. Yeah, no, that, that's a good point. There was times where I felt like they were just blaring Mariah Carey songs over oh, scenes. We get it. She wrote this whole soundtrack. Yeah. Like there's a scene where Dice and Billy are talking in bed. They've just made love for the first time. <laughs> and there is a Mariah Carey song not quietly playing. It's blaring. Yeah. I'm like, what? Stop. Stop it. We get it. She wrote the songs. Also, I'd like to point out that I think Max Beasley, who is a British actor, took his acting lessons from Mark Wahlberg. Yes. Yeah. He brings the accent. (laughs) I think that's it. Other than we both laughed and I should have put this as my funniest moment. But when Billy walks into the studio and Eric Benet, who I wrote Aaron again, what is happening? (laughs) (laughs) Eric Benet was there and he turns around and smiles awkwardly. I need a gif of that. Oh, it was (laughs) delightful. (laughs) Uh, The last one I had was when Billy is backstage and she's about to get the call that Dice was arrested. mm -hmm. For some reason, the camera cuts to a television that's showing... A show similar to Mr. Bean. Oh, I think because she it's late night live. I think it's supposed to be Saturday Night Live. Oh. So, so I think it was a skit. Okay, that yeah. makes so much more sense. Okay, yeah. thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's what I'm here for. Yep, you are. Did you have anything else you want to discuss, or should we move on to our final thoughts? I think we should move on. Or maybe we should take a break real quick? Oh, yeah. Probably okay. should do that. And we're back. We're going to go ahead and discuss our final thoughts. What do you think? Did it hold up to your adult standards? Do you think it was as good as an adult as you did as a kid? Well, I didn't necessarily think it was a great movie when I was a kid, but it was watchable. And I think it did hold up in that standard, but it's not a good movie. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to say it doesn't hold up. So that was confusing. I said it held up, but it's not. It doesn't (laughs) hold up. Because I think it's basically an hour and a half music video. That's fair. I think what killed the movie was that it was trying to be deep. She, she was a kid who had kind of had a traumatic childhood. Mm-hmm. She rose up from nothing into fame. And I just felt like they were just relying too much on music industry cliches. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't really too much to the film. And like I mentioned before, like things were just happening to her. She wasn't doing anything too get these things it was just like people walked up there like you want to be a background singer you have a pretty voice you want to be a a real singer and yeah. she's just like sure i i agree with you i think it was far from terrible i did tell you i had the impression that this was a fun light movie because of the movie poster mm-hmm. it's mariah carey it's very colorful there was nothing about this movie that was fun and colorful it's very dramatic It hits every cliche. Yes. I think the only cliche they missed was when she gets oversaturated on the radio and her popularity dies off real quick because everyone's like, she's everywhere and we're sick of hearing her song. Like, that was the one cliche they missed. But they kind of mention it when she's trying to finish her album. They're like, you know, you're 
first hit is already off the charts. Like we need to get another one in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I I do remember this. I think what made this movie memorable for me as a kid was that her boyfriend dies. And when I was a kid, I was a sucker for that stuff because I was just like, oh my god, the love of her life died. Even though they weren't really together at the time, and mm-hmm. she didn't seem that upset. By it. No, oh. but I also I guess you could also see it as like she was in shock, and then she still had to go perform. At Madison Square Garden. That's a good point. Because she did seem affected a little bit when she was walking to stage. Right. I did read that Max Beasley said when he saw the movie, he cried because he felt like they cut so many of the scenes where Mariah Carey actually showed her acting chops. Right. And he was just utterly disappointed with what the final product was. I I felt the same way. I was like, it's not bad. I did look up, you had mentioned earlier, IMDb's rating was a 2.3. Yeah. And by some act of God, Biodomes is a 4.4. There is no planet where this movie is worse than Bioplanet. Biodome. <laughs> Bioplanet. Okay, Bioplanet. It is not, it's, it's watchable. It's a little cheesy and cliche, but it's oh, yeah. not. Yeah. Again, very cliche, very shallow, if anything. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's not revolutionary, but it wasn't the worst movie I've ever seen. No. Um, So with that being said, shall we hand out some awards? We shall. The first award is the valedictorian to the Nicolas Cage Online School of Bad Acting. Whom did you give your award to? So I gave my award to an actor named Grant Nichols, or Nichols. Okay. Um, And I forgot to write down his character name. Oh. Um, so let me look that up real quick. He played Jack Bridges, which was another um, music record exec that was with uh, Guy Richardson. Okay. There was a scene where the record company has invited Billy and Dice, you know, to meet with them. And they have a bunch of champagne and they're schmoozing her up. And he shook his head a lot. Oh. It was it was weird. He was just like, yes, I am excited that you're here. And I was like, that's not how you're supposed to act. (laughs) Like, why are you shaking your head so much? He was just really cheesy. And every scene he was in after, he had this weird smile that I could only describe as a serial killer smile. Like, he had a secret. I knew exactly who you were talking about when you started describing it. Even if you hadn't mentioned record executive earlier, I'm like, yeah, that guy was weird. Yeah. Who did you give your award to? I almost gave my award to him. But I gave mine to Max Beasley as Dice. Honestly, I felt everything he did was overacting. Right. But it was also the terrible New York accent. You're a DJ and you're a record producer. You don't have to be from New York just because we're in New York. Well, no, that's it makes perfect sense of you as British. It makes them cooler. Yeah. Right? A British DJ producer sounds amazing. There's no reason Sounds like my first mistake. And, <laughs> and like you said, he just sounds like he's impersonating Mark Wahlberg yeah. for an I hour could, and a half. There was a scene where they, he took her to that fancy restaurant and mm-hmm. he's just like talking to the waiter and he's like, how's it going? And I was like, just thinking of when Andy Samberg played Mark Wahlberg yeah. on us and I was like, say hi to your mother for me. Yeah. Like, you know. Good yeah. comparison. Good comparison. <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm. The next award is the Thomas J. Hanks Award for Exceptional Acting. 
Who did you give your award to? I gave mine to Mariah Carey as Billy. She was not bad at any point. Did you think she was in over her head? Yeah. Acting. And I remember when she was in Precious, she got a lot of good reviews for that. So I could see if this had just gotten a little bit better reviewed and made a little bit more money. I wonder if she would have tried to do more acting over the years. Possibly. I think... Most people thought this movie sucked because she wasn't good at acting. Mm-hmm. And and that's actually what I remember. Yeah. It, thinking. But rewatching, she wasn't bad. No. She was just in a very not great movie. Exactly. <laughs> and it wasn't just bad writing and stuff like that. It's bad set designs, mm-hmm. bad art department, bad clothing, bad directing. It was it had so much going against itself. Yeah. It could have been better. And a lot better. I agree. Yeah. So, didn't hold up. No. But again, not as bad as its reputation. No. I would encourage anybody who's a fan of music industry movies or even Mariah Carey, go check it out. It's not bad. I'm sure they have. If they're fans of Mariah Carey, they have seen this movie. Yeah. This is a movie, though, the the press did not back it up with how bad it is. No. No. Mm -mm. I did want to make a small corrections. Uh corner oh if you will um because i looked it up i know i mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that in mariah carey's memoir she talks about how tommy matola snaked a song from her from this album Mm -hmm. of glitter but it actually was a sample that she was gonna use for the song because i think they were together when she started writing the songs for this um movie and he knew she was going to use that sample for the lead song lover boy she actually got the rights from it, I think is what Wikipedia said. Yes. But then he went in and snaked the rights too. And he released J-Lo's song, I'm Real, before her. Yes. And then she changed it up because, I, I mean, she probably could have kept it, I'm thinking. But as a person that's like, yeah, I want to be unique and different. Mm-hmm. I don't want to use the same hook that somebody else is using. So she had to change Lover Boy. Yeah. Because of that. And for some reason, she hates J-Lo for that. I don't think it's J-Lo's fault necessarily, but I guess if they were in a little bit of a competition, you know, if you think about 2001 where J-Lo was really on the rise and Mm -hmm. Mariah Carey kind of went on a decline after this because she became kind of a laughing stock for a couple of years. Yeah. Because of this movie and because of the press. And And you even mentioned and said that she recorded another song with Ja Rule and somebody else. I think it was Nate Dog. And then who is it that Irv Gotti picks to do the song with J-Lo, but Ja Rule. Also, the Amreal version is like kind of a slower song. Yeah. But the song that it samples is this hyped up dance song. Right. So, mm-hmm. Tommy Matola. Peace. Oh, shit. You think? Yeah. Um. So, that was our little fun fact. Mm-hmm. Corrections Corner, if you will. We didn't pick any movies yet, and Mm -hmm. we'll let you know on Thursday. It will be a little surprise to what the poll is, Mm -hmm. because we did not discuss this. No. And we want to make sure the movies are on streaming services. (laughs) Yes. Unlike Crossroads, the 2021 version of Airheads. Yes. But at least we know, and it ended in a tie. It wasn't like Crossroads 1 We have time to get a copy of it so we can do it at a later date. Right. Yeah. But anyway, we're out of here, guys. Thanks for listening, of course. Don't forget to review and subscribe. 
Do whatever you want. I don't care. Have a great week. That that, that I you do care, care about. Yeah, yeah. I do. I do. Yeah, we do care. So. Okay, bye. Bye.